We're in James chapter 1, moving our way. As you stand, I'll sit. Amen? We'll trade places. How many are glad to be in a Bible-believing church? In a Bible-preaching church? Now let's be a Bible-practicing church. Does no good to say believe if you're not going to behave. Does no good to preach it if you're not going to practice it. The world is looking for something real. You don't have to be famous, just be real. You don't have to be rich, be real. You don't have to be smart, just be real. God help us. Moving our way through James chapter number one is God has been helping us. I want to look at a couple verses today, practically. As we're dealing with this verse by verse, and let's see what God will say to us. Verse number six is where we were last week. But let him ask how? Come on, talk to me. Ask how? Nothing wavering. Can't be shifty. Fickleness will get you nowhere. Why? For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man, everybody say that man. Think that he shall receive how much? Anything. Well, I got a lot of things on my prayer list. I don't know why I'm not getting them. You might be too shifty. Anything of the Lord. By the way, he says anything of the Lord. A whole lot of people that don't have faith got a lot of stuff. (laughs) They might have gotten it from somebody else. The devil hands out blessings. Preach, pastor. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Just, just unreliable at everything. Good sometimes, but just as quick as he was good, he's going to be bad because he's double-minded. Now let's look at these couple verses today. Verse number nine. Let the brother of low degree signify by an amen if you consider yourself of low degree. Okay, all right. The rest of y'all rich folks will know in a few hours after they're finished counting the offering. Maybe we'll give you a chance at that again. Signify by an amen if you consider yourself of low degree. All right. Now we're still talking about trials because it would appear that James has shifted the context of his lesson to another subject when he talks about let the brother of low degree rejoice in that. I want to assure you he's still talking about going through trials. Listen to me, brother of low degree, even in a trial, you can rejoice. In that he is exalted. Didn't say he's made rich. It said he's exalted. We talked about it. But the rich signified by an amen. No, let's not do that. Because <laughs> if everybody in here knows that you're rich, then they'll all be getting you by dinner after church today. All right. But the rich in that he is made low. Because as the flower of the grass, he shall pass away. Well, the sun is no sooner risen with burning heat. But it withereth the grass, and the flower thereof thereof falleth, and the grace of it fashioneth, the grace of the fashion of it perisheth. So also shall the rich man fade away in his ways. Let the church say amen. Father, add thy blessing to the reading of your word. Cleanse me of sin and of self and fill me with your spirit. Do a work. You've already met with us. Our hearts should be prepared to receive the word of God. May the seed fall on soil that is good ground, producing fruit that will remain. For the glory of God and for our good. 
For somebody in the building that doesn't know Jesus, might that one come to a saving knowledge of the truth. We pray that you'll work in our service today. Bind the devil. Keep him from interfering. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Thank you for standing. Count it all joy. Say it with me. Count it all joy. Say it again. Count it all All of it. When you fall in the diver's temptation, it's still a chance to have joy. It should not be a shift in your joy. Listen to me. Anything that takes your joy away is a revelation that what you thought was joy wasn't joy. I lost my joy. I lost my job. I lost my joy. You lost something, but it wasn't joy because the loss of a job can't take away your joy. My joy I give unto you. No man taketh away. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it unto the day of Jesus Christ. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be firstborn among many brethren. And his grace is sufficient for me. Most gladly will I glory in infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For when I am weak, then am I strong. His strength is meant made perfect in my weakness. His strength is made perfect in my strength. His strength is made perfect in my weakness. You got to get weak so God can be strong. You have to decrease so that God can increase. And James says, I know you're going through it. I know you're struggling. I know you're facing trials. I know you're going through adversity. I know you're scattered 12 tribes of the Jews. I know that you're disseminated. I know that you can't be where you want to be. I know that some of you are sick. I know that some of you are struggling. But that is not why you haven't why you don't have joy. You didn't lose joy because of trials. You didn't lose joy because of difficulties. You didn't lose joy because of adversity. You lost joy because of spiritual immaturity. And until you grow up, you're going to keep losing joy because joy requires maturity. How can I count it all joy when you fall, when you encounter diverse, various, multivaried, all kinds of different trials. I talked to someone for about an hour yesterday, said I'm facing some things like I've never faced in my life. Every church I go to, every pastor I talk to, every conversation I seem to have about adversity. It doesn't seem, it's not that adversity is new. We've always known adversity. It just seems like it's going to another level. People are experiencing a nature of adversity they've never experienced before. Diverse temptation. I mean, stuff we've never seen. Stuff that people used to hide and do, now they do out in public. Stuff that people used to lie about, now they brag about. Stuff that people they used to cover up, now they post. Let me tell you something. We're living in a crazy world, and I checked the record books right here called the Bible. It ain't going to get better until that one that needed Nathaniel sang about today breaks the eastern skies and comes again. And I hope he comes today. Amen. But if he doesn't, somebody's got to tarry and keep walking with God until he comes. One day we're going to get out of here. No more pain. No more sorrow. No more crying. No more darkness. No more tears. Every day is going to be a little taste more than what this was today. We're just getting a little taste of it. Wasn't it good to come in church today on a rainy day and come in and sing about amazing grace? But God being our defender and that Jesus lifted. We're going to get to do that around the throne with Jesus one day face to face. But I'm here to tell you, although heaven is up there, if you walk with God, you can have some of heaven down here. How can I count all joy? I'm assured of some facts. Knowing this, verse number three, I know some things. I'm a tested people. I am taught patience. Yes, I must know what God has done. The teacher is testing me. The teacher is teaching me, teaching me patience. 
Why? That I might be perfect, have a complete condition. I may be mature, have a content composure, wanting nothing. Hey, it doesn't mean I have everything. It means I'm content with what I do have. Well, if I just had a better job, if I had a better husband, I had a better wife, you wouldn't be content if you had a better nothing. Because contentment isn't based on having more. It's based on knowing what you have regardless of what you have. Listen to me. When you have Jesus, you have enough. A content composure, a complete condition. But it's all contingent upon this, a compliant character. But let patience have a perfect work. I'm just a slow learner, as slow as you choose to be. You can learn as quickly as you want to. Here's why. Because you got a good teacher. Let patience have a perfect work. Let her, let her, let her. Philippians chapter 2. Let this mind be in you which is also in Christ Jesus. Well, I just tell you, I just don't think like Jesus. You would if you let your mind. Let this mind be in you. So I'm assured of some facts. Then I'm assisted in the fight. There's an available gift. There's an available gift. If any of you lack wisdom, put your hand up. That's me. We lack wisdom. The available gift, the available gift, wisdom, wisdom, the spiritual discernment to take knowledge and make right decisions. It's not just knowing stuff. I mean, kids grow up and quote the Bible. People are in church all the time. They know a bunch of the Bible. But listen to me. The problem in America today is that we got a bunch of people carrying the Bible, but very few of them let their Bibles carry them. By word have I hidden my heart so that I can win competitions? No, that I might not sin against thee. Therefore, I esteem all thy precepts. I regard, I value all thy precepts concerning all things to be right. And I hate every false way. Thy word is a lamp unto my and a light unto my path. Amen. What's the lamp to my feet? The lamp to my feet is so I can take every step according to God's word. The light to my path is so I can see what's ahead of me for the future. God's word's so good, it'll help you know what to do in one minute. It'll help you know what to do in 10 years. It'll be a lamp to your feet and a light unto your path, but I've got to use it. So I've got to be someone that has the available gift. Then he says, the accessible God, let him ask of God. Then the abundant granting, which give it to all men liberally. Give it to all men liberally. Then the active gracefulness and abradeth not. He does not chide you. He does not rebuke you. He does not make you feel bad for asking. Why would God make you feel bad for asking for something he told you to ask for? Abradeth not. And the absolute guarantee, it shall be given him. But here's the admonishing guidance. This is what we talked about last week. But let him ask in faith. It's required. Whatsoever is not of faith is sin. Hebrews chapter 11. Without faith it is not difficult. Without faith it is not unlikely. Without faith it is not rarely. Without faith it's impossible to please God. You can come to church without faith. You can tithe without faith. Amen. That's why we, we should never pat ourselves on the back for tithing 52 weeks out of the year. It doesn't require faith. Just giving God 10% of what we've earned. You can sing in the choir without faith. You can work in a ministry without faith. Listen to me, preacher. You can put together a sermon and preach it well without faith. But you can't please God without faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. So it's required. Let him ask in faith. So he requires faith. He rebukes fickleness. Nothing wavering. 
Nothing, I cannot be shifty. I cannot be easily moved and shaken in my character. I, I, he rebukes fickleness with nothing wavering. He says, I cannot ask but be unsure about it. I cannot say, Lord, I need wisdom, but I'm really sure you're going to give me. I can't pray saying, Lord, I need you, but I'm not really sure if you're going to answer my prayer. I've got to ask God. By the way, when you talk to God, talk to God like he hung the stars in place. Talk to God like he put the moon in space. Talk to God like he formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed in his nostrils the breath of life that man became a living. Talk to God like he has all power in his hand. Talk to him like he's omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent, immutable, eternal. Talk to God like he always was and he always, talk to God like, like he was the I was or the I will be. Talk to God like he's the great I am. Believing you shall receive. I must believe. He rebukes that fickleness. Why? Because fickleness gives me an unreliable expression. I'm like the wave of the sea tossed. I look like a wave when I'm fickle, just, just swinging back and forth, just, just, just tossed to and fro. That's what I look like. That's what an unstable, fickle Christian looks like. Happy one day, sad the next day. Shouting one day, crying the next day. Praising one day, cussing the next day. You can't figure out what you want to do. You, just, you, are, you are moved by your circumstances. You don't want to get on the roller coaster of circumstances because you're going to be looping all over the place and you're going to be a nauseous Christian. You want to ride on something reliable that doesn't flip and turn and move. And by the way, I'm glad on Christ, the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking. Sand. And an unfavorable expectation. Let not that man think he shall receive anything. I might as well quit praying. What's the point of praying if God already told me I'm not going to get anything from him? If I'm fickle. And then an unstable execution. Un- a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. There's nothing that you do that's reliable. Even the good stuff you do is not reliable when you're double-minded. You're not a good prayer warrior if you're double-minded because you're, t- you're not a good worshiper. You're not a good giver. You're not a good soul winner. You're not a good wife. You're not a good husband. You're not a good church member. You're not a good employee. If you're feeling good, you work well. If you're feeling bad, you do lousy work. You can't live the life based on being double-minded. You've got to learn to be a Christian who governs your life on the principles of the Word of God. They are as reliable as God's character himself. They are as timely as God's character himself. Principles won't change because they're rooted in the character of God and the character of God won't change so your principles won't change so if your life is based on your principles your life won't change either rebuked fickleness now write down this in your notes today the resulting fruit the resulting fruit what what happens if I'm not double-minded What happens if I ask in faith? What happens if I believe? Watch this now. If I lack wisdom, I ask of God. Pastor, I'm going through something I've never faced before. I'm facing something in my marriage I've never never encountered before. I'm going through something on my job I've never witnessed before. I'm I'm in an avenue of life I've never faced before. I'm stepping into some unknown territory. I need God. So I'm on my knees every day. God, give me wisdom. God, lead me. Don't let me make decisions based on my own understanding. Let me acknowledge you in all my ways. You direct my path. Oh, God, show me who to marry. Show me where to go. What job to take. Show me who to stay away from. Show me what money to give. Show me how to manage it properly. 
Show me what doctor to go to. Tell, show me what medication to take. Give me wisdom. God, show me who to witness to. God, show me who to disciple. God, show me who to leave alone. Show me how to give the year more time. But show me when to cut the tree down. God, show me. I need what, listen to me. Stop asking God just about the big decisions. In all thy ways acknowledge him. All thy ways. So if I'm praying and I'm believing, I believe. When I talk to God, I believe. What happens if I ask in faith and I believe? I get the wisdom, right? I still got the trials, but I get wisdom. The last thing you need in trials is to make dumb decisions. So I need wisdom. When I'm most under pressure, when I'm most under attack, I need wisdom from God because the propensity to failure heightens when I go through trials. And how many of us have made, made mistakes under pressure? We relied on and we were, we were broke and we were, we were struggling and we were sick and, and we were ridiculed and we come back with all these apologies. Please forgive me. You know, I was going through a lot. That doesn't give you a chance to close the Bible. Like God doesn't know you're going through a lot. That's when you need more wisdom. Don't excuse yourself for trials. Beg God for more wisdom. He gives it to me. So now I've got wisdom and I'm not unstable. I'm not double-minded. So what happens? Here's the resulting fruit. Notice, first of all, the lifted poor. I want you to get this. Don't miss this. This is resulting fruit. Write this down, first of all. Responsive rejoicing. Responsive rejoicing. And I want you to notice the lifted poor. Look at verse number nine. Let the brother of low degree rejoice. This is responsive rejoicing. Now, why am I rejoicing? I'm rejoicing that God gave me wisdom even though I had trials. I'm rejoicing that God gave me the know-how to live out biblical principles. By the way, God never gives you the know-how so you look good, so you get praised, so you sign Bibles, so people love what you do. God always gives you more knowledge and gives you more wisdom to bring glory to his name. So, 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 so I, I passed the test. I went through the trial. I didn't, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. I will maintain mine own ways before him. He knoweth the way that I take. And when he had tried me, I shall come forth as gold. Job said he set me up for his mark. It seems like he's destroying me, but I trust his character. So in my darkest hour, in the lowest valley, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. God, I don't want to quit giving when I'm going through struggles. I don't want to quit praising when I'm going through difficulties. I don't want to quit rejoicing when I'm going. How in the world can I keep rejoicing in my trial? I got to have some wisdom. So when he gives me the wisdom, let the brother of low degree, he talking about saved people. This is a lifted poor one. I want you to notice how the poor are lifted. The lifted poor, they are lifted not in finances. Now, when, when the Bible says rejoice that he's exalted, it doesn't mean that when you're in low degree, that means God's going to give you all the money when you're broke. God's going to give you all the health when you're sick. God's going to give you all the friends when you're lonely. No, 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 no. He's going to lift you spiritually. You understand what I'm saying? Sometimes God has to get you down where you are so that you realize that where you're trying to climb up is not really where you want to climb up. See, see, we think we need more money. We think we need more friends. We think we need more fame. We think we need more. For I need a better car. I need a better house. I need a better prospect. I need a better. No, 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 no. You need a better walk with God. And here's what, here's what James is saying. 
if you find yourself in a low degree, you can't find two nickels to rub together. You find yourself in a low degree. You can't seem to get the doctor to give you good news. You find yourself in a low degree. You can't get people that used to love you to quit betraying you. You find yourself in a low degree. You can't run your haters off. You can't get the devil off your back. And by the way, if you're not on the devil's radar, you ain't doing something for God. Beware when all men speak good about you. Beware when everybody likes you and everything's going well. You need to be shaking up the devil and all the demons in hell. That means you're doing something for God. When you get to that point, you feel like nothing's going right and nothing seems to be adding up and I'm struggling. God, if, you just, if I could just go out to the mailbox and find a check, everything would be good. It'd be, it'd be one, a month later, you'd be looking for another check. If, if, if I could just, if they could just give me a promotion on my job a month later, they gave me a promotion, but they sure didn't raise it up enough. Listen, we're never happy. If I could just get out of summer, it's too hot. Now some of you complain, it's too cold. We're never content. It's never going to be where we want it to be. You've got to learn that sometimes God has to get me down low physically so that he can take me up spiritually. And sometimes, God, I found out through the trial that maybe I didn't feel better. I didn't get more money. I didn't get more friends. But something went up when everything else was down. My prayer life went up. My walk with God went up. My Bible reading went up. My love for souls went up. My hunger for the things of God went up. Listen to me, folks. Rejoice when the brother of low degree is exalted. Listen to me, broke man. You don't need more money to rejoice. You need spiritual things. Lay not up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt. And thieves do not break through and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. We got to start building up some spiritual revenue. Everybody's trying to catch the next dollar. How, God help us if you got all that money in the bank physically and you're broke spiritually. You have no prayer life. You have no spiritual. You say boo and the devil goes boo back to you. Listen to me. God help us to have some fortitude and some spiritual oomph inside of us. The, the, the demons in hell ought to have you on the radar and say you might not want to go with him by yourself. That guy's in tune with God. That guy's praying to God. He's building up a prayer life. Listen to me. Let the brother of low degree rejoice that he's exalted. Give you this and I'm finished. Because y'all want to go see the Cowboys and Redskins or commanders or whatever. Uh, in about four hours, it ain't going to matter what the name is. All right. But, but what about the rich? How does, how does the lowered poor compare, I'm sorry, the lifted poor compare to the lowered prosperous. Because, because a, a poor man physically is going to rejoice that he's lifted spiritually. Huh? And a rich man physically is going to rejoice that he's lowered physically or prosperity when it comes to prosperity because just like the man that's poor can get happy that God blesses him spiritually the man that's rich has to get happy that God takes away some of that that rich that richness because sometimes until I get that stuff out of my life I can't see God for who he is let the brother let the rich rejoice in that he's made low 
because as the flower of the grass, he shall pass away. It's a, it's a perspective change. God, if trials make me lose the stuff that I loved so much, let me rejoice because by taking the stuff away, you began to teach me how timely getting rid of that stuff really was for me. See, see, until God takes it away, you don't realize how much you really didn't need it. You ever said, man, we like this, man. We like this. Come rain or shine. We're going to be go through thicker things, man. Ain't nobody going to ever break us up, man. Friends for now, friends for later, friends for life. Man, ain't nothing going to ever suffer. You ain't heard from him in five years. It seemed like you were inseparable at then. See, some people in your life for a season, and some people are still there for a reason. And some of, some of them, God had to send a trial to flush out. Amen. Because your life was so clogged up, they wouldn't flush. Yeah. Sometimes God had to bring the trial of the plunger in your life to open up some of them pipes in your life to get some of that mess out of there. Flush it on down. Go on down there. Because they are impeding your spiritual progress. Preach, pastor. Rejoice. Rejoice. Well, we had to move down to this and, and downsize to this and can't do this and can't, can't spend like I used to and can't go where I used to and can't, can't enjoy what I, what I, what. You know what you're finding out? You're finding out that that stuff that you thought you enjoyed ain't no comparison to what you can really enjoy spiritually. Amen. Hey, hey, listen, you can enjoy a nice restaurant, but sometimes you'll enjoy more just getting around the table with the people that God gave you as your family. Rejoice that you got brought down. Take me off my high horse. Bring me down to level. See, see, James said, and everybody in between. The lifted poor, the lowered prosperous. Whether God had to take you up one way or bring you down another way. The response should not change in every circumstance. Rejoice. Let the church say it. Father, bless your word, bless your people. Help us to see and sense what you're doing and to let you do what you do. Heads bowed, eyes closed. How many say, Pastor, I'm saved and I know it. I have Bible reasons to prove it. I know for sure if I died today, I'd go to heaven. If you know that, would you raise your hand? I know that I know that I know that I'm saved all over the building. Put your hands up. God bless you. Put them down. Pastor, I've got to work on my rejoicing. Now listen, this is a sequence. I'm going through trials. I don't know what to do. I lack wisdom. I'm asking God to give me wisdom. I must ask in faith, not wavering. If I'm double-minded, I'm unstable. Now God has provided me with the wisdom that I need. By providing me, I know what to do in my trials. So now that I have the know-how to keep living the Christian life in my trials, my response to God should be, 
rejoice because everything else that he did in me doesn't matter. If I'm down low, it's okay because he took me up spiritually. If I'm up high physically and monetarily and he brings me down, that's okay too because by bringing me down monetarily, he's lifting me up spiritually. Let God figure out what he needs to take away and what he needs to add. He knows better than I do. Pastor, pray for me that I get the wisdom I need and that in response to receiving it, I rejoice. Help me to quit complaining about what he's taken from me. Help me to quit complaining about how low he's let me be. And let me, to see, let me see the lifting and the lowering that God is doing in the areas where I need to be lifted and lowered. And pray that I'll rejoice the right way. If that's you all over the building, would you put your hand up? We spent a lot of time complaining. God, why'd you take this away? Put your hands down. I took it away so that I could give you something better. Let God decide the lifting and the lowering. He knows what he's doing. Last question. Pastor, I'm not sure if I died today, I'd go to heaven, but I'm 100% sure I do not want to go to hell. If that's you today, would you put your hand up and let me pray for you? I'm not sure if I died today, I'd go to heaven, but I'm sure I do not want to go to hell. Let me pray for you. I'll not call your name out. I just want to pray for you. Anybody like that? Just raise your hand long enough for me to see it. Would you? No one's looking around with me and our workers. Anyone? Slip your hand up. Pray for me, Pastor. I'm not sure I'm going to heaven. Then Christian all over the room, would you pray? Pray, pray that we would rejoice. See, listen, if we're not rejoicing in our trials, that means we didn't get the wisdom we needed. And if we didn't get the wisdom, that means we either didn't ask or we didn't ask in faith. Listen to me, every bad symptom in the Christian life is an indictment on us. We've got to do better. I'm going to do better as soon as things get better. This book is more powerful than to be halted because things don't go well. God's bigger than that. We just got to put it to work. God bless you, fool. Father, honor every believer who's making a choice to live for you. And help us all. Give us the grace, the strength, and the know-how to live for you. We bless your name and magnify you for it. In Jesus' name.